Welcome to the program. Indeed, here it is. Somehow it's June 12th already, 2022, and it's time for a little Backbone Radio action again. We'll be with you from 4 to 7 p.m., and we do indeed dominate your Sunday. The Sunday 4 to 7 p.m. time slot has been dominated by us, Backbone Radio, for Almost countless years around this Denver metro area. So glad that your ears are nearby. Got a lot to cover again, and we need to spend a bit of time on the January 6th committee. And, of course, they went prime time this week with their prime time show. All of it a fraud, all of it a hoax. They omitted, of course, everything that would be important to know about January 6th, and the ratings apparently are quite poor, very bad ratings for the Liz Cheney show, the establishment D.C. Beltway elite fraud show. Saw somebody point out that Liz Cheney looks an awful lot like, uh, remember the Muppet Miss Piggy? And once you see that, uh, Cat Turd on Twitter posted the picture of Liz Cheney and then one right next to Liz Cheney of Miss Piggy. And once you see that, you just cannot unsee that. You really can't. (laughs) And so I guess that's how I think of this is like the Miss Piggy show on January 6th. And of course, the whole thing is a waste of time to have to even talk about. We should be able to talk about the Complete mismanagement disaster of the Joe Biden administration as inflation hits 8.6%. We are probably formally in a recession, though they're going to try to doctor the numbers otherwise. The specter of inflation is most probably here, but we don't quite have the official numbers yet to go on to confirm all of that. We should be able to talk about the direction of this country, what's going on. But, of course, the Beltway elite, what are they concerned about? They're not concerned about what the American people are concerned about. Their constituents are concerned about. They're concerned about any threat to their power because, yes, they're afraid. As Tulsi Gabbard said at the Western Conservative Summit last weekend, and, oh, it was glorious, They're afraid, and so fear and control and the attempt to focus on things, and you look at the data, what the American people are concerned about, inflation, gas prices, food prices, go down that list, and you never get anywhere near the January 6th rising up on the radar. You don't even get to Ukraine rising up on the radar. But what are the Beltway elites afraid of? And they are afraid of one thing in singular in particular. That would be Donald Trump. And by extension, if they're afraid of Donald Trump, they are afraid of you, heartland voters, America first voters, patriotic people across this country. That's what they're afraid of. They're afraid of you. And this whole charade is another attempt to try to prevent Donald Trump from running for office ever again, because, again, he is the embodiment of the threat that the American people represent to the elites on top of this country. You step back a minute and you look at the overall trajectory of Biden's America, of the economy, and how everything is just going the wrong direction. Everything has turned south. 
and you think, well, what are the prospects uh, moving forward? Is there any hope to have? And just remember this, that the Biden administration, yes, managing our economy, and they can't even figure out baby formula. One tiny little subset of an issue with, yes, far-reaching consequences. Just keep that in mind. They're trying to deal with stagflation, inflation, the Federal Reserve incompetence, mismanagement of the economy. They got so far behind on inflation. They thought it was temporary, temporary. And now, it, yeah, it hits the 40-year high again, 8.6%. They're trying to manage this entire multi-trillion dollar economy, right? And they can't even figure out baby formula. How is that for encouraging Ladies and gentlemen, yes, Donald Trump is the threat to the D.C. elite. Wouldn't surprise me if they're working up to find some way to charge Trump with something, right? they got to try to charge him with something in their Miss Piggy Soviet show trial. But just keep in mind the things that they have omitted. And I'll be, of course, covering this as the program goes on, but... Not one word about Ashley Babbitt, the patriotic young woman, I believe Air Force veteran who was killed by a Capitol Police officer, unarmed woman. Rosanna Boyland was killed. Oh, not mentioned at all. Ray Epps. Haven't heard anything about Ray Epps, who looks to be a federal agent involved in provoking the January 6th situation. Haven't had any information about the feds who were involved undercover, egging things on, provoking things. We'll cover some audio on this. The 14,000 hours of videotape from January 6th have not apparently been released at all. Ted Cruz asked a few questions about Ray Epps some months ago, but has he been following up on that? Have we had... Any follow-up, you know, all right, yeah, we'll be, we'll be covering the January 6th Fraud Commission. Talk about Joe Biden's appearance on the Jimmy Kimmel Show, you know, it's, man, was that ever awful, stammering awful, the country's going down the drain, Biden thinks he can help himself by going on Jimmy Kimmel, and he goes out there and just puts one foot after another in his own mouth. And Jimmy Kimmel, the big Biden booster, is just punishment for him to have to sit there and watch this in front row seat at the Biden disaster, the person that he helped install. Jack Del Rio, NFL football coach, said something about comparing, you know, how come the BLM riots uh, caused $2 billion in damage? How come those aren't even looked at by our government? But this January 6th thing is looked at. And, oh, the NFL fined him $100,000 for saying that. Oh, man, we live in a Orwellian tyranny from every angle. The Senate, by the way, just had the Rhino members push for a gun control package, which is coming forward. I'll, I'll look at that. It just sort of happened, I think, a bit earlier today. Of course, they got the Rhinos to do it. They got the Republicans who are not up for election in 2022 to do it. And, yeah... The Republican Party, see, have we made any progress on the Republican Party at the macro level? No, they're still enslaving their GOP voters. My gosh, it's most, most unfortunate, ladies and gentlemen. And one thing you're seeing something of out there is a lot of uh, 
rhino types who are suddenly deciding that they like uh, Ron DeSantis and they really want Ron DeSantis to run for the presidency in 2024. And you'll notice again, it's the rhinos who are doing it. (laughs) It's the husband of Meghan McCain who seems to be doing that. Um, I've drawn a blank on his name. One of the guys that started the Federalist publication. And... um, I don't know, folks. Uh, seems pretty clear that Ron DeSantis is not going to be running in 2024, but that's one you can keep an eye on in the all-encompassing effort from the Beltway elite to try to thwart and block Trump, that they're going to try to use DeSantis even towards those ends. And, of course, I like DeSantis a great deal. I see him as a future president someday, but I don't see him as a future president starting in 2024 And I know that one cuts right down the nerve of some of the listenership here. But the thing about it is, and that Sundance over the conservative treehouse points this out, that he knows for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that DeSantis is not running in 2024. So we shall see that. Now, we'll be covering it all. And yes, Javier, the man, is back behind the glass. So honored to have our boom, boom back in the saddle. And I want to talk about a few things I've just been reading and just been watching. And You ever heard of Cameron Haynes, the bow hunter? Big friend of Joe Rogue. Just read his whole book called Endure. And one of his philosophies is keep hammering. Keep hammering. Another philosophy is nobody cares, so work harder. And I kind of like that. Nobody cares. Work harder. Keep hammering. That'll be our motto for this evening's program, and we'll be right back. The Go-Go's welcoming Backbone Radio back to the next segment here. We can be reached at 303-696-1971. Should you care or have a window to check in with us, we are all ears, of course, as always. And I just mentioned a fellow, I just read a book that I thought was quite good. All right, by Cameron Haynes, it's called Endure. And it's about outworking and outlasting and keeping hammering as kind of a philosophy of life. This fellow is a world-renowned bow hunter, okay? His passion, his tunnel-visioned obsessive passion is for bow hunting, And he's traveled all around the world doing this, but he started out, of course, with absolutely nothing and a broken, dysfunctional family that he writes about in great detail in his book, Endure, which uh, hit number one immediately on the bestseller list, at least the audio book did, and I believe the other, the print version also, way up high on the charts, but Keep hammering. Keep hammering. Is, what, is there anything wrong with that? To keep on hammering no matter what, no matter what the odds, no matter what the obstacles happen to be? And what about this one? Nobody cares. Work harder. And I guess he's got Cameron Haynes T-shirts and belt buckles and hats and all that. You can come up with those. But tenacity and relentlessness as we watch this country fall apart, again, I I advise not tuning out, not dropping the ball, not letting the establishment win, 
but keeping on hammering away. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's, sometimes it's, it's hard emotionally to watch all this stuff and to watch the, what I just had a texter to studio say is the deliberate destruction of our country and of our economy. And again, talking about that last week, I don't think it's just incompetence we're dealing with here. I do think it is deliberate destruction waged by some people who, yes, they are scared, they are afraid, they are afraid of the American people. But the response to that has to be, in spite of it all, in spite of it all, let us just keep on hammering away. And remember, yeah, nobody cares. Nobody cares. So what do we want people to care for? Do we really need to sit around and hoping that uh, other people will care (laughs) about us? Do you think that our politicians are going to care about us? Are we going to like somehow suddenly be made happy? When we get the sense that, oh, our politicians really do care. They care about us. Isn't that great? Um, No. We don't need that. We don't need their care. We don't need their approval. We don't need anything from these people. But at any rate, this, this, this bow hunter guy, what makes him such a unique individual is that he believes that to bow hunt properly, you need to get in maximum peak physical shape. And so his approach to that is no days off. And as far as I understand, he lifts weights every day, and every day he runs what is the equivalent of a marathon. He breaks it up into parts, but he'll end up running like, you know, 26 miles a day. And I know we have a uh, few folks that listen that are like marathon kind of people. Rick, he's Mr. Marathon Man, and I don't know if he would like this Cameron Haynes guy. He's probably heard of him at least. So he runs the marathons. He's even competed in a bunch of marathons, Boston Marathon included. And um, he's done a little running with Lance Armstrong, people like that. They ended up kind of in the same part of the pack together for the final stretch. I don't know if that was the – yeah, that was the Boston Marathon. And he comes out and does uh, the 100 milers and so forth, the main endurance efforts. And no matter how hard things get or how brutal it seems, the guy just keeps on hammering. (laughs) And – Is that not something to admire in this stage of our republic? But also, you know, on a personal level, he um, there's a quote here from Haynes where he says this, quote, there's enough negativity going on. I just want to be a guy who can inspire others. The word I like, it's not hunter, it's endure, just endure life, hard times, a race, just the battle. And so what he teaches and his messages, discipline, tenacity, focus, and resilience, and it's really catching on. And I think that's the kind of thing that somehow really in particular resonates with me right now. And of course, I always do that and live that way and, and talk that way. But it's nice to get like a little bit of reinforcement from, from none other than a bow hunter who's living what he calls a lift, run, shoot lifestyle. And one vignette from his book, Endure, apparently along the way, he got in this habit of running up this mountain next to his house, I believe in Oregon. (laughs) And by the way, the guy has a nine-to-five job. He works in some kind of a warehouse, and he's like a purchasing supervisor. He's worked his way up from being the bottom of the totem pole at this warehouse to being uh, one of the supervisors there. And so he works every day, works every day, regular nine-to-five job goes in there and works hard, his work ethic. And then he goes out and finds ways to hunt on weekends or scout on weekends. 
altogether commendable individual. But he found this this rock, this big rock somewhere on this this mountain that he goes to run up and down every day. And he said, you know, I'm going to start carrying that rock to the top of the mountain and then carry it back down <laughs> to where he started carrying it. And it turns out this rock's like 170 pounds. And so he finds some way to just manhandle this rock and get it up to the top of this mountain, and then he carries the thing back down. It's like, you know, the myth of Sisyphus, right? You ever read your Albert Camus or, you know, your Greek Greek myths? The myth of that's really good. I guess that's what caught Joe Rogan's eye. He said, "Who is this dude carrying this rock up this mountain, and then carrying it back down?" But so, no matter what is going on, no matter how hard life seems, yeah, just hey, nobody cares. So just keep hammering, work harder. Yeah, how about we work harder against the odds? Never tell me the odds. Shall we get to the phone lines here? And I don't have a name here, but I'm going to go ahead and press the button for line one. But welcome to the program. Glad you are here. Hello. Yeah, is this Brian? Hey, sounds, it's sounds Brian. Like Brian. Yeah, doing? okay. All right. Yeah. Didn't have your name on the screener somehow, but welcome, sir. What's what's on your mind this good day? Oh, this whole January sixth committee. You know, the first show I kind of like to know my enemy, so I kind of tried to watch it, but I couldn't bear it. I, I just couldn't do it. He's, that one guy started talking about racism and nooses and and why don't they release all the video? Yeah, why don't they talk about Ashley? They Babbitt? won't release all the video. They refuse to release all the video. But you got people that are just buying into this nonsense. But not that me, many. Just, not as many as you might think. The ratings are terrible for what well, I they call said the there Miss Piggy show. Twenty million that tuned in the first one, but I'm guessing as it goes on. Because I'm thinking people are a little curious at the beginning, but as it goes on, people will go, oh, okay, well. All I'm the data I've seen off. is saying that their audience, uh, even on the first night, is half of what the nor- they normally get for network news. And by the way, Fox News is the only network not devoting its time to it, which is kind of interesting. Um, but everything else yeah. is, you know, they, they want this. They're doubling down on their propaganda, Brian. And yeah, and I just find it funny that uh, there's been requests, uh, the Freedom of Information Act or whatever, just to release all the video, but they really refuse to. So the people on the side that are trying to hide something, I kind of question a little bit, so I don't, I don't take them too seriously. But another concern I had is we have the DOJ Garland, that corrupt guy, and the FBI leader, uh, Christopher Wray, who are sitting on information about Epstein and that whole list of people that went there, they're protecting child molesters. Since how far have yeah. we gone down the hill and they where let we're the, actually protecting child molesters? They let the I mean, sexually abused gym, gymnasts, remember that one? The FBI let them just dangle yeah. and suffer. And Well, why do you think yeah. they're hiding it? Do you think because well, the FBI is the, get caught up the in the Stasi, trap or what? The same ones that arrested Peter Navarro last week. The FBI is... The secret police of our government. That's why, Brian, thank you, sir. Welcome back to Backbone Radio. Lane 8 there, the song called The Road. And we're going to be keeping on hammering away in the spirit of Cameron Haynes. And by the way, uh, somebody pointed out to me that um, Jack Carr has done a bit of podcast work with Cameron Haynes. And I was not surprised to hear those names connected as Jack Carr's book, Riding high, he's he's got two of them in the top ten bestseller list, and he's a fellow we've interviewed about four or five times now around this program. And maybe I'll reach out to Cameron Haynes and ask him about bow hunting and his 
keep hammering philosophy and his physical training regimen and something to keep in mind that getting stronger, physically stronger, reinforcing the good posture, that's a great way to combat all of the bad news that we're just being deluged by in this totalitarian Orwellian 1984 world we are living in. Keep in mind that the people on top are scared. Yes, they are ruthless. And yes, they cannot even figure out baby formula. They are not a capable bunch of people. And do I think they deliberately wanted to have a baby formula crisis? And I would say no, they did not on that. But do they deliberately want inflation? Do they want gas prices to double in Biden's term? They've doubled since Biden took office. Amazing. Do they want that? Yes, I think they do. Now, I came across, uh, every so often I come across a bit of really brilliant writing, and I like to render that into the discussion. This is a friend of mine also. He's been on this program, Professor Edward J. Erler, who's affiliated with the Claremont Institute. His most recent book is called The United States in Crisis, Citizenship, Immigration, and the Nation State. And he has a long essay over in the American Mind, which is a Claremont Institute-affiliated publication. Again, the Claremont Institute are the premier scholars of the American founding. And I just wanted to get a little, he has a a little bit of a take on this insurrection on the January 6th business that I think is extremely worthwhile to work in, kind of as a prelude to where we're headed on this. But his essay at the American Mind is called Postmortem of a Failed Hit. And he starts out by saying this, quote, In the election of 2016, Donald Trump appealed to citizenship, sovereignty, and borders. This was a direct entreaty to the people, the people as the ultimate source of sovereign authority, bypassing the ruling class elites that dominate the media and the universities. Trump's appeal also ignored the political experts, the pollsters, and government bureaucracy. And Part of why Trump is the threat, perhaps even the only threat to the beltway, to the ruling class. And I do suggest to people, you know, if they want to somehow fall into that trap of thinking Trump is this bad guy, the media has said he is. Well, Trump is a metaphor for you. And there is no other way, no other route to get around our corrupt Beltway establishment than Trump right now at this point in time. But Edward Erler talks about the insurrection in this way, the January 6th, quote, insurrection. Was it an insurrection? Quote, the hysteria surrounding the events of January 6th has been astounding. This was an attempted coup by an armed mob that sought to place Trump in office on the false claim that the election had been stolen from him. So they say. Democracy was under attack, the Constitution was endangered, and the fate of the Constitutional Republic was teetering on the edge of anarchy. But the odd thing about this armed rebellion was that none of the insurrectionists were armed. One carried a folding knife, another showed up armed with bear spray, and another wore a bulletproof vest. All of these 
quote, armed insurrectionists were surely conscious of the fact that they had to transit one of the most dangerous cities in America that had recently been on the grip of riots orchestrated by BLM and Antifa in order to get to the Capitol. What rational person would not carry bear spray or wear a bulletproof vest? I am frankly surprised that Moore did not resort to such protection. Leaving all that aside, writes Professor Erler, what serious insurrectionists show up to an insurrection without weapons or without the military or an armed militia to back them up? This was never intended to be a, quote, armed insurrection, and no amount of hysteria can turn it into one. Early press reports that a Capitol Police officer, Sicknick, had been beaten to death by insurrectionists proved to be false. This was typical of the January 6th media coverage. Several police officers did suffer injuries, none of them life-threatening. One officer died days later of a previous condition unrelated to the riots. That would be Sicknick. He was treated as a savior who saved countless lives. I don't minimize his contributions, writes Professor Erler, but his efforts were magnified to exaggerate the actual, quote, terrorism of the rioters. The only person killed was a rather petite woman, a military veteran and Trump supporter who was deliberately shot by his own admission by a Capitol policeman against whom the Justice Department, after a cursory investigation, has refused to file charges. And guess what? This officer, Byrd, B-Y-R-D, has since been promoted. How do you like that? Erler continues, the Justice Department has launched the largest manhunt in history. In an extraordinary effort to track down everyone who crossed the barriers or entered the Capitol, the public has been asked to help identify rioters who have been subsequently charged with a variety of offenses, including trespassing, obstructing, or impeding a government meeting, destroying government property, and assaulting, resisting, or impeding an officer. There have also been conspiracy charges, conspiracy to obstruct a congressional proceeding, conspiracy to obstruct law enforcement during civil disobedience, and conspiracy to injure an officer. But notably absent is that no one has actually been charged with insurrection or conspiracy to commit insurrection for the simple reason that under the law it would be impossible to prove that an insurrection had taken place. Professor Erler continues, an FBI report has alleged that there is no evidence that the so-called insurrection was planned. Who would support the insurrectionists in their attempt to install Trump as president? Had they even thought that far? This was a comedy of errors, a riot, but not a coup. And he goes on, how else can you describe the rioter in fur robes and Viking horns called the QAnon shaman by the media? who spoke in a friendly manner with a Capitol Police officer in the House chamber. He was nevertheless so dangerous that he was held without bail in solitary confinement and ultimately sentenced to 41 months in prison. And the conclusion of Edward Erler here, and again, he wrote this a few months back, by the way, but this is good intellectual context here. The insurrection exists only in the febrile imaginations of President Biden and the radical left of the Democratic Party who seek to divide the nation again along racial lines as the Democrats of old, as did the Democrats of old, 
but insurrection has fallen on hard times. It has been replaced by the low art of race baiting, and that is the real threat to democracy. Start adding all of that up, ladies and gentlemen. Professor Erler, and we're going to be hitting this more as the program goes on, but let's say a little hello on the phone lines, and I don't have a name again, but welcome to the program. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're on the line. Welcome, sir. Oh, hey, man. Hey, I just wanted to get back. You know, you uh, this January 6th is just a just total crap fest for the Democrats. And I think, uh, you know, most of us see through it. But the point is, is you know what the disappointment is? Where are the Republican Party? Where's the Republican Party? Right. And by the way, is this uh, you know, what, what's your name real quick for the record? Jim. Just a Jim. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, where what's where are the Republicans? Are the Republicans a little silent about now? Are they standing up for anything? They're basically they're silent because they don't support us either. We're we're dirt to them as well. Any you know, yep. think about it. There, any of us that call your radio show could have ended up there because we we clearly felt there was definitely fraud going on. Um, you know, and just by the grace of God, we didn't do that. But, you know, right. I could see myself going and they're protesting it. And thank God I didn't. But the point of the matter is the Republican Party has disowned the, They disown us. We are basically white trash to them. Why would I want to be associated with a yep. party? And here's, here's the wall, Jim, regrettably, but you're exactly right. We are enslaved. Little song called Misery by the Cowboy Junkies, as maybe you'd have to say that's the world we're living in, the world of Biden misery, which again, don't let it touch you any more than it has to. Keep living your best life and keep keep your local community, your local circle of trust, your friends, your family closer than ever. Enjoy them more than ever. As we go through, yeah, this little cycle of misery, the 8.6% inflation business, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty amazing. The Michigan index, by the way, has that consumer confidence is at its lower lowest level ever. Lowest, <laughs> lowest level of consumer confidence that we have ever experienced in this country. Is that not unbelievable? Biden shows up. How many months in are we? Six? And consumer confidence hits the all-time low. Good job, Brandon. Way to go, Brandon. And here's CNBC talking about their inflation numbers. Year over year, these are the Moneyball numbers. Year over year headline, 8.6. 8.6, a new cycle high usurping March, which was 8.5. That was the highest since 1981. Now, 8.6 uh, continues to be the highest since 81 because uh, the comp there is 8.9 to 11.8%. And if we look at year-over-year core, also hotter than expectations, up 6%, following 6.2%, high watermark there, 6.5, and that was in March, and that was the highest since 1982. But remember, even at 6%, uh, coming down from uh, the high watermark of 6.5, that standalone is still the highest since 1982. So these are super stubborn numbers. Super stubborn, super bad numbers as Biden's popularity 
in Quinnipiac hits 33%. That's amazingly low. That's like record-setting low. And he's at 22% popularity with young voters, 24% popularity with Hispanic voters, and it is a disaster, ladies and gentlemen. And should we just step back and just, I mean, try to laugh at it and just have fun with it? Everybody knows what a joke this guy is. People speak about it with conviction. Talk to anybody, even Democrats who uh, maybe were open to voting for Biden. They've got to be, I mean, they've got to be feeling some buyer's remorse, at least whenever they go to the gas pump or the grocery store or read a newspaper, or should I say read the news online. At any rate, yeah, let's go to the phone line action again. And is this Dean? Dean in Denver, welcome to the program. Yeah, I was just going to respond to the fellow asking where the Republicans were. Yeah. And the better yeah. question is, where is he? How, how so? How so? Well, if he's, if he's complaining about the Republicans, maybe he would participate and help them. Meaning you, you think he should get involved and be more of an activist and help transform the silent Republican Party that is today uh, pushing Amen. gun control in the Senate and go down the list, allowing the wide open border and somehow being silent in the face of this January 6th Soviet show trial? Yeah. Do you, do you have any concerns, though, about the general silence of the Republican Party? I mean, I... I think, by the way, that you know, people who call in here tend to be more activist in general, and he probably is a bit of an activist. Is uh, is Jim who just checked in with us? But uh, where, where do you come down on that, Dean? Do you do you feel like there's a little lack in some ways from the Republican Party, or maybe a lot in what they're doing? Yeah, there are. There is probably, but in Colorado the situation i think is uh, difficult to necessarily quickly solve but it's certain that they could respond and and um, they certainly need help but you know casting a stone in the in that direction i don't think accomplishes anything if you want to correct something then participate to a point where you can correct it offer your suggestion or participate and help. Right. Um, now, this has don't been whine. a... Don't whine. Don't whine. Keep hammering, you might right. say, Dean. Um, but I, that's the thing, is that I do feel like the Heartland voters, the America First voters, the constituency of the Republican Party has been vocal, has been loud, has been pushing, has been involved... But you still see people on top like uh, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. And, you know, they don't seem responsive. And what what can one individual do? You know, I mean, you, you can raise your voice. You can go poll watch. You can do things like that. But, but don't you think it's a bit of a problem that we have an unresponsive Republican leadership that doesn't seem to be, you know, sharing the concerns and best interests of the Republican voters? I mean, forty billion to Ukraine, another forty billion that adds up to fifty-four billion, and our our border is wide open. Why why would Republicans vote for that when you know this country is is being destroyed from within? You know what I'm no, saying? No, I agree. I th- yes, I I agree. I th- I think the the 
the Republicans have been voting for energy as well as for uh, closing the border. I mean, what did Trump do? He, he accomplished both of those. And I, you know, I certainly think that Republican Party at the federal level is certainly in and as well as at the state level are in favor of that. In favor of uh, border security? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I don't, that's that's where I I would ask you, Dean, to to look a little deeper, in the sense that when when Trump showed up in 2016 and tried to get funding for his wall, well, Paul Ryan and the rest of the rhinos in D.C. tried to stop that and block that and delay that and thwart that, and Trump had to go through the, all these courts and years of effort to get as far as he got on border security, which was pretty damn good, and it took four years of persistence. Yep. But one of the chief obstacles to achieving those goals was the Republican rhino class. I mean, that's right. uh, I I don't disagree with that. I I don't think that I think right off the bat that Trump didn't realize how deep the swamp really was. I agree with that. Not only, not only in the, in the case of the house and the Senate, but particularly in the, in the, uh, uh, DOJ and the FBI. I mean, my God, that's the most, and that was another terrible problem, and, that's, and, and still persists. See, now you, you've got that, Dean, and uh, I wish more typical Republican voters could see that, is that, you know, you can win every argument. You know, you can win every policy argument. We Republican voters can. We can point out the Democrats' hypocrisy. We can point out the silence of the rhinos. But then when it comes down to push comes to shove... We still get like this January 6th Soviet show trial foisted on the nation. We still get billions upon billions to Ukraine, and we still get a wide-open border. You know what I'm saying? Um, it it yeah. seems like we just have an unresponsive set of leaders. And then, you know, the, the work is to try to – if we have a red wave in 2022, which it's hard to even talk about if we don't have enough election integrity in place, but – we got to get the right kind of Republicans in there, right? The folks that can stand up to the machine. And um, that's right. Are, are you feeling some confidence there that that could happen? Well, I, I mean, I see it with the DA in Frisco, and of course the governor in Virginia. But it's terrible that the people have to get to a point where desperation applies. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and we were just talking about the misery index in this country, but. At any rate, Dean, uh, your your point is taken well, and uh, thank you for checking in with us here at Backbone Radio. Stay close, if you would. And it's Matt Dunn. It's Backbone Radio. Let's come back with Hour 2 after this.